Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Our guest today is Mahmoud Reda. Mahmoud Reda is the head of finance of Unilever Levant and Iraq. He is a great presenter and amazing storyteller. He has over 12 years of experience in business and he was one of the biggest pillars of implementing the S&OP process into end, just starting from activity planning, scenario planning, financial planning, and even cash up. His way of communication, and I'm saying it really from my heart, is very powerful with his simple way of explanation. He has a rich experience in business partnering, especially in marketing, customer development, including different roles across Middle East, Egypt, KSA, and currently he is based in UAE. May I ask you, please, to welcome with me Mahmoud Reda. But before we welcome Mahmoud Reda, and as usual, let's give him some applause. Hello, Mahmoud. <laughs> Hi, Ahmed. Thank you so much for this introduction. You said the expectation too high for me. <laughs> it's, it's my pleasure, Mahmoud. And I believe that today it will be an amazing topic because I'm sure 100% that many people that they are waiting for this episode for a long time because it will be a life changing, especially with you and way, your way of uh, communication and simplicity. We will totally understand today what is the profit and loss statement balance sheet and cash and uh, the, the cash flow so are you ready yeah let's let's join the journey i think it will be a fabulous session today and i yeah. assure you it will not be boring numbers and disclaimer is not an accounting session it is just a business discussion and how to speak the language of the snob i can promise you of that 100 percent, and because i know you already <laughs> so let's let me start i i will share my screen and let us yeah, I think now we are good to go. So the mic is over to you, Reda. Yeah, so let's let's agree that with the great audience and host, it's a pleasure, uh, Ahmed, to be on that uh, show. I saw that show from the early beginning, and I can see the interaction was around one or two participants, and now it is something incredible, to be honest with you. It is a massive <laughs> learning you, for everyone, and I make sure that I join every every podcast and every session when you go live on that. It's and I think it's a, it's an honor and pleasure to be with you on that session and hope that link it to our purpose in life, that we can share knowledge and make sure that we give back to the society and big back, give back to our community in whatever ways we agree on. That's, that's where we should live in uh, across all the aspects. So the second point, this is not a, a, a monotone session. So we're <laughs> going to have an interaction uh, 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 through the slides. It's uh, just a few slides. And then we're going to have a lot of questions. Feel free to ask all your questions whenever you have. And yeah. let's let's jump into the discussion. Yes. Thanks for highlighting this, Reda, just to let uh, our audience uh, just to be on track. So uh, to understand the frame of working and the flow of our communication today in our presentation. So feel free after each and uh, each slide, just ask your question. And I will try to jump into the question. And then we, after finishing the questions, we can jump into the next slide. 
So I think it's clear, guys. So feel free to ask whatever question into your mind. Super. So now I think, uh, Ahmed, we should start that the financials of the SNOB is not something nice to have. And I think it's not only for the SNOB. Wherever you work, uh, whatever you, whatever is your background and whatever industry, the financials is simply, I, I call it the basic language that you need to speak in the, in the, in the business. And even when you continue with postgraduate studies, there is a must have module of financials. You cannot get your postgraduate study without financials. Some people, they run away from financials. I, I, I understand that <laughs> they don't want to get into the financials yeah. in details and complication, but trust me, the minute you understand the financials and you speak the language, you're in different league within your organization or even managing your own business. Um, uh, especially these days where we have COVID uh, hitting everywhere. Now, based on the charts on the screen, so based on the SNOB, whenever there's an agreement without a common language, imagine you're walking in a room where you have three, four different nationalities and each one is speaking different language and we don't have common language to speak. The <laughs> ultimate destination will be a disaster because you, there will be a lot of misunderstanding between the business. And that's the beauty of the SNOB. Because in the SNOB, we don't have different nationalities, but we have different backgrounds with different targets. So you have finance person, you have salesperson, marketing, uh, uh, you have shopper marketing, you have uh, uh, brand development. Uh, so all of these people sitting around the table, and if there is no common language to speak, there will be a complete <laughs> misunderstanding. And that's what I mean by this chart, that if the agreement is not clear and the language is not clear in terms of KBI, within the financials or within the SNOB, the destination will be, as you can see, failed journey within the chart. <laughs> so that's that's very important. You have to bear in mind that in order to speak the SNOB uh, uh, language, you need to know the numbers. And whatever numbers, if you go to the next chart, please, uh, Ahmed. So whatever, whatever the number, if it's stocks, as you said in your post, if it is in uh, getting a new production line, if it is about getting a safety stock, remember, the one yeah. of your uh, sessions before all of this has a certain implication into the financials and if you don't know the implication into the financials you will not be able even to convince your finance team or your partner or even your 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 team what is the logic behind implementing that that's that's very impor important and for the last 12 years dealing with different partners and I'll, I'll share some examples where you get a shock feedback from a different background from a finance person where you need to explain to them 101 financials, basic financials, so they can speak your language and even excel more in their function, whatever their function within the business. So that's that's a quick introduction that SNOB financials is not something nice to have. It is something in, uh, urgent, something very basic and important for uh, way forward to, uh, uh, to communicate yeah. or to speak within the SNOB financials. You've mentioned before, Ahmed, that SNOB financials or SNOB forum is not only for the people within the room. You remember you said that before. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone in the organization, they have a direct impact on the SNOB and the sales and operational plan. And based on that, you don't have to be in the room to speak the language. Even if you're walking in the corridor or you're sitting in your desk, if you don't know the financials, you will not even be able to communicate your plan and to communicate your target and deliver your target. So that's, that's not a a prestigious situation that you need to speak the, the, the financials within the room of the SNOB, even wherever you are in the organization, you have to speak the language of the organization, which is at the end financials, uh, uh, at the end. Now, if you go to the next slide, please. So we'll just make it simple. And again, this is not, this is not a, a, an accounting session. It's a business session. And I'll, I'll give you some life examples and please feel free to uh, share all your questions, all your comments. If you have any incident before within the financials or with your finance partner, feel free to post it on the on the on the on the chat. Now, financial statements of any organization, whether service, production, end-to-end, uh, 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 -end, B2B, business to business, business to consumer, whatever kind of business you have, you have a three basic financial. There's one force one, but let's focus on these three for now. So What's financial statement? Financial statement simply shows where the company money came from. This is very important, where we get the money from. Number two, where it went. So what exactly we spent and invested the money and how. And number three, where is it now? Because it's either we receive the money or we spend the money or we have the money now. 
So think about this. So it's simply giving you the direction of the money, where it's coming from, where you're spending, and where the money is located now. Now, to have this three questions answered, we have three different statements, and we're going to go through them. The, the, the first one, which is a fabulous statement called balance sheet, uh, and we're going to go through it uh, in a few seconds. The second one is called the income statement, which is the PNL, profit and loss, or income statement. And the third one is cash flow statement. I don't think we have enough time for the cash flow statement. So today we're going to just zoom in on the first two uh, statements, which is the balance sheet and income statement. Now, if you go to the next slide, please. That's a simple uh, example of the income statement. So the, the main difference between the income statement and the balance sheet, balance sheet, remember, it's a point of time. So it is exactly a date. So there is nothing called a balance sheet for a certain period of time because it's just a balance. So if I ask you, Ahmed, what is your bank account balance in the bank now? You will tell me it's X. And this mm -hmm. X is labeled on a certain date. So you cannot tell me that my balance for the last three months is X. This is an income They've done statement. the credit, yeah. Exactly. It is not an, a, a balance sheet. Now, if you go to the income statement, and quickly we can, I created a dummy uh, 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 income statement on Excel sheet, where simply income statement shows the sales that you're selling in the market, and it has to be for a period of time. That's the main difference. Mm. Whatever you sell in the market, you have the price for that product or service in the market. If you multiply the price by the quantity you're selling in the market, you have the sales value that you have in the market. Now, based on that, if you have any return from the market, you subtract this sales from the, from the sales value. And if you have any discounts, any trade investments that you have in the market, you have to put that investment in as well in the, in the, in the PNL, where the net submission of that is sales revenue. And let's pause here for a few seconds. Mm. One of the questions I received from a supply chain, sorry, Ahmed, I got that <laughs> from supply chain. Why find it complicating all of these statements or in the income statement? Why don't we have all the revenue on one side and yeah. then we subtract all the cost from the other side and then we have the net revenue or net income at the end? Why you're, you're making our life extremely complicated? And to be honest, one size does not fit all. Whenever you go to doctor, you have a special doctor for each disease. And that's where you see the income statement, where it is like an X-ray on the business to see where the challenge is coming from and how you can take it forward. That's the beauty of the income statement. That simply it shows where the challenge is and where is the opportunity lies for, where you can go and catch. So if you stop at the sales revenue within this line, this is very simple. We have a different lines. It's like a tree within these three, four lines. But if you go and examine the sales, the sold volume, where you're selling, how much you're selling, for what period you're selling, what is the comparison versus previous period if you're selling, this is only a volume analysis and what kind of mix you're selling in terms of volume. If you go to the price, which is a very big subject in terms of what is your pricing strategy, how you're pricing in the market, and what is the pricing impact on your volume. So whenever you increase your price, what the expected volume drop, whenever you reduce your price, was it the expected volume growth based on that? Where is your tactics in terms of pricing? In what region, what country? So this is very, very important to understand. And wherever you're not delivering your sales, you, you need to go through this section, which is the top part of the PNL or the income statement to analyze where the gap is coming from. And it is a volume challenge, which is distribution, for example, or it's a price challenge where you're pricing wrong in the market, or you don't have the right pricing in the market. So that's the beauty of the first section, where you have all the analysis related to the top line or the uh, mm -hmm. top part of the of the of the PNL. Now, yeah, go ahead, Ahmed. Yeah, just uh, if you can hold for a second, I think that we have the first question from our friend uh, Mitchell. He is asking. I have a question. What is the main set of numbers that would be delivered for your financials? Would it be demand plan of the sales plan? Think that he rectified something he said sorry i meant the demand plan or the sales forecast so he's yeah. asking would it be the demand plan or the sales forecast yeah uh i think that's that's a good question now when we say about pnl you can have a pnl for all scenarios for example so if sales is planning for a certain volume uh el-haddad 
you can have a PNL for that volume from a sales from a sales perspective, where you have the sales, the pricing, and we're gonna go through all the rest of the income statement elements. And you have this PNL, and you can label it. This is the sales PNL for the period of quarter one, for example, and it is given by sales. That's one PNL. Clear. Now you have the constraints because whatever you dream of cannot be reflected or or service. And we have Ahmed for a from a supply chain experience background, where you have the response from the company, how they can fulfill the sales, or if mm -hmm. this is the right financial gross model from a finance point of view. So we create another PNL, for example, Com comparison for that, and we call it supply chain PNL. This is the supply chain respond to the sales PNL. And then we have finance concern on that, that for example, you're asking for 2D promotion or the mix you're selling is not driving the right gross financial model for the company. So we have another PNL, for example, based on the constraints, which is a proposed PNL, for example, where, for example, finance and marketing, they see that this is the right fit for the brand building. And we call it finance and marketing PNL. And the beauty about that, you can put all these three PNLs compared together on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then based on that, you can decide. So that's simply to answer your question. I hope I answer your question when it comes to the PNL. So PNL is not a specific one person PNL. Whatever proposed scenario, you can create PNL for that. And the numbers will speak itself based on the yeah. strategy of the company to land in the market. Yeah, specifically, Reda, just if you allow me to add something, I think also some, somehow the PNL is embedding the whatever period back, I would say like a year to date, whatever actualized, and also whatever period that year to go, if I'm talking about a full year PNL. So it also take into consideration that the, the full uh, actualization. And then I believe that demand plan, yes, should be influenced with the sales and it was also will be shaped by the demand will be shaped by the sales and marketing plans. And even the, the supply plans will be will be also one of the constraints that will shape the demand. But at the end of the day, the aim from S and OP, it's only one forecast uh, just to be aligned for the full business. So the, the uh, demand plan. At a certain point, I would say in the stage four for the, the S and OP of the weekly, uh, it should be demand plan is the sales forecast. There is no difference between both. And the mix that that after this mix on SQ level, it will be triggered the uh, cash up or the financial plans or that what, whatever the plans that you have it uh, year to go and the full year as well. Super, I agree, Ahmed. Fully aligned on what you're saying. Yeah. I think we have another question before we jump into the next slide or the coming back to our question. So we have Mai Abouanam. She is asking, what do you mean by supply chain people cost? Yeah. So Mai, you're ahead of the game. You went through all the numbers. You're asking that question. I thank you so much for asking this question. So if you can hold your question, I'll go through the supply chain cost range and I'll make sure I answer your question. And please write back to me if I did answer your question. Now, once we reach the sales revenue in the market, which is mainly the total sales that you have, you have the cost of that product. Let's assume, for example, you have uh, an oil uh, a cooking oil company where you have a production of that of that product, for example. So you have a raw material ingredients that you need to use. And this is the cost of goods sold, not produced, where exactly the exact value of the raw material attached to 1000 uh, unit, for example, in that example, that's one element. You have the packaging cost, where once you produce, once you have this uh, finished product, you need to put it on a pack. So that's the packaging product related to that sold quantity, because mm -hmm. we have product produced, which is not sold. This is what lies in the balance sheet. Inventory, We're going to see that yeah. the yeah. balance sheet later on. But here you have it, the cost of goods sold, exactly whatever the cost attached to what you sell in the market in the PNL. So you have the like for like comparison. You have the conversion cost where you have the machinery production lines attached to that and back to your question may which is the people cost the beauty about the supply chain cost which is very important that whatever costs attached to direct or indirect to the product within the factory it has to be accounted within the supply chain cost range you cannot go beyond that and we're gonna see other lines in the PNL later on where we have people, they don't deal direct with the product in the market. And we have something called direct and indirect cost for the product. Why we're doing this, May, which is very important. 
because whenever you control your cost and you do an efficiency on cost, you have the leverage in the market to compete more and to grow more, which is very important now. There is a say in the multinationals and all other companies that whoever has the control over costs, whoever will win the game at the end. And that's why the beauty of the supply chain cost range in the PNL or the income statement that we're having the people cost attached to producing the product, not only managing as an overall company, it is exactly the people related to the product. And that's what, what do we mean by supply chain people cost, which is mainly mm -hmm. engineers, workers within, within, the, within the factory. It's important to account for this cost within the supply chain cost range. It cannot be accounted for. And later on, you're going to see a different example where we have other people cost that they are managing the overall business. Definitely, there is, an, there is a direct impact to the product, but not within the production space. Let me put it this way to make it simple. So, Perfect. yeah, go ahead, Ahmed. Perfect. Just I think that uh, we have covered now the question for my and if my you can ask whatever question from the supply chain people cost. I think my she's asking also another question riddle. So she is asking, how do you set the year to go? Yeah. So thank you so much, my for that question. So when you say year to go, you mean the forecast. Because exactly. within, within the PNL, we said we agreed that the income statement, it is for a period of time. It's not like the balance sheet. And I'm going to go through the balance sheet. So in the balance, in the PNL, you can have year to date, which is actual. For example, if we're now in October, you have year to date September of the year, which is actual uh, on the system. And you have the year to go, which is simply the forecast, the financial forecast. And the financial forecast is the ultimate product coming out of the SNOB. And within the SNOB, we have to discuss the SNOB financials. So to answer your question, whatever we speak about year to go, it is mainly the, the foundation of the year to go has to be the SNOB financials, which is the collaborative input from all the parties attached to the SNOB within the organization. And then mm -hmm. the, the ultimate destination out of the SNOB financials is simply the financial forecast, where you have the for, forward forecast for uh, the coming period of time or even next year or even three, four years ahead uh, of that. So, so that's that's to answer your question on the year to go. Perfect, Reda. Thank you. It's, it's wonderful. We have another question from our friend uh, Jet. He is saying, "Is it still a common practice to use Excel to manage income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow in the Middle East?" Yeah. So, Jet, let me answer your question in a different way. So, we cannot generalize on all companies. Uh, uh, and when I say that I use Excel just to make it simple, just to drive <laughs> this PNL, just to answer this question. And to be honest with you, the digital mindset or technology, it is a mindset. It's not about the, the tool. If you have the know-how on how to automate and how to use different technology, you will use it even in very simple tools and basic tools. Definitely, I'm not promoting basic tools because now the digitization, even within finance and within SNOV, is in a different league. We have now an AI running the SNOB independently uh, based on the, the algorithm uh, in the back end. So to answer your question, I don't know. Uh, I am not an expert in all the companies in the Middle East. So, but my knowledge from my connection that definitely the balance sheet and income statement, all the statements are genetic now from advanced system everywhere. It is not anymore on Excel sheet. I hope I answer your question. Thank you, Red. I think we have many questions coming on the way. <laughs> so let me let me I'll come back to the same question. We can come back into the PNL back. So we have another question from our friend Muhammad Shadi. He is saying that quality cost will be under conversion cost, testing, sampling, quarantine period of a product. Yes. So uh, uh, Shadi, yes, I agree. So whatever uh, quality uh, checks to to make sure that the product is in the right shape of the quality, we call this, this is direct interaction with the product because you ensure the product getting out of the factory gate are in the right shape for the consumer. Again, exactly. it's within the factory uh, premises. Let me put it this way. So whatever quality testing and uh, uh, improvement on the factory to make sure that we have the right product for the right consumer at the right time with the right packaging, this is within the direct cost attached to the product uh, in the factory. Yeah, just adding something, Greta, I think uh, 
what you said, it's totally 100% right. Uh, when it comes to quality control, especially um, I'm saying that premises of the upstream, so whatever in the operation side, but there is always a cost of quality. I think it's it will not be covered here uh, under the conversion cost, which is the quality you go to market. When it comes to uh, all, I would say the overheads and all the challenges that we have, the costs that we bear, it will be out of the conversion cost. This is a based based on a real experience. It will not be in the conversion. Am I right? Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Okay. So coming back to our uh, lovely slide. Yep. Okay. So, so feel free. So now we reach the sales revenue in the market for a certain period of time, whether actual year to go or full year, we have the supply chain costs attached to that number of units sold in the market. The outcome or the abstraction from the sales revenue of the supply chain cost, the outcome of that equation for the first time ever. Good news, we're hearing the word profit. But again, it is called gross profit. This is not yet. Mm -hmm. So we have the gross profit uh, out of that equation. We're simply out of the gross profit. We have a magic magic KBI an equation called gross margin percentage, which is simply the gross profit over the sales revenue. And you see this mm. everywhere where you have what is what is the margin, we have pressure on margin, uh, we have benefit on the margin, we need to sell from the high margin, or we have to sell from low margin for other competitive moves. So whatever you see in terms of gross margin, it is it is fabulous equation to ensure the sustainability of the business year over year. And that's another challenge on the SNOB I received one day uh, Ahmed, where if if the gross profit here is 3.9, for example, in that chart, how mm. about selling triple of that volume as a volume sold with a half of that price? Mm. We're gonna land at the same absolute gross profit. You agree with me as an absolute gross yeah. profit? Mm. True, I agree. But <laughs> next year you will not be able to deliver this this number. And the 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 the, the magic equation to tell you, or the magic percentage that tell you that you have you don't have a sustainable business for the future is the percentage out of the gross profit out of sales revenue and i don't yeah. want to remind to memorize a certain percentage i need you to understand what do you mean by gross margin percentage is simply how much out of your sales revenue after re removing the cost of the product attached to the product how much of that is translated into a gross profit as a percentage mm -hmm. so if you understand the percentage this is how you're gonna drive the discussion and whenever someone put the challenge for you that we have to increase our volume on that or we need to change something on the product in terms of saving because of the gross margin, at least you understand where this person is coming from yeah. and what do you mean by gross margin percentage and what are the elements included in the gross margin percentage so you can speak <laughs> the language of that person either with an SNOB or outside the SNOB. Yes, I do remember something also, Reda, from you. I used to speak with you about maybe uh, we have a gross profit of millions, millions. And uh, due to a lower margin, the business case or uh, just for a new innovation or a new launch or a new product will not pass and it will be rejected. And I kept asking myself, how come that a company could uh, stop a business case that will have a profit, absolute profit of millions because the margin is low? And I still do remember how you answer it in a very simple way, which is you look at it from the cost and price. So you are you have two ways from the price point of view, because you have an index of market. So imagine with me if there is a, a massive competition happened or a massive promotion happened or just a decrease in the price itself. So you'll be in a position that you need to reduce your price. This definitely will eat from your profit and it will take you down. And imagine also from the upstream side, which is the coast, if the coast is going up some days, like what we have right now, the increase in the commodity one time, this at a time, if you don't look into the, the margin, which is the percentage, it could be deceiving you because my I could have like $2 million profit, but I have like 4% margin. It means that if there is any variance from the price decrease or uh, cost increase, I could uh, go into a negative margin or a negative profit. Two million, it could go, come into negative uh, absolute value. And this is just, uh, that's why I wanted to highlight for people or the audience to think about this. Margin is the only thing that you can focus on. Don't be deceived only by profit if it's a higher absolute value. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it is not, it, it is mainly the sustainability of the business 
uh, in way forward to make sure that you have a sustainable business and not only that because we said we said it's a good news it's a gross profit <laughs> we still have some expense so make sure that you have the right level to finance or to inject on the business on the rest of the cost that you're having which is very important that we're gonna go through yeah. it now yeah uh, I think we have another question. <laughs> so if you allow me, I'll jump into this question. We have Umaima Sulaiman. She's asking, since the financial forecast is the ultimate output or to S&OP, uh, there ideally should be a huge difference between the two. Yet this situation, in some cases, what are your views on this? And what are the actions uh, that can be taken to tackle such challenges? I yeah. think it came from a real uh, on-ground experience. Thank you yeah. for this amazing question. Umayma. I think uh, it's an amazing question, Oima. I, I fully agree and I fully understand where you're coming from. And let me let me tackle this question from a different perspective, okay? When you speak about financials, this is a critical view for the company to be published as a financials. So the submission of all the financials as a financial forecast at the end it add up to the total organization financials. And within that, we cannot have a big swings months on months. So you have to be assured and you have consistency in delivering your financials. Because if you're a listed company or even you're an entrepreneur and you want to have someone to do an acquisition to your business, the person asks you, give me your financials, financial forecast financials, mm. not, not a what if scenario financials, which we call it SNOB in our case. So the financials has to be extremely strict and make sure that we have the right uh, level to predict the future. I call it the financial forecast is mainly the art of predict the unpredictable, where exactly you need to make sure that your predictivity level and the financial forecast is extremely high, based on experience, based on run rates, based on economic situation, based on political situation, especially in our region or anywhere. So that's that's very important. now. Whenever I give someone a target to deliver, the target needs to be smart. Remember the abbreviation of S and M and A and R and T. It has to be achievable. It has to be measurable. I just don't want to go through it. So in some cases, Umayma, we have the S and OB number to be smart, to stretch the business, and to make sure that we land the right strategy in the market through a decent number to deliver. And wherever, whenever we take that risk and we have uh, uh, a, a shortfall or out or over delivery, we have the solid gate at the end of the tunnel. We call it that, which is the financial forecast at the end. That's why the financial forecast has to be extremely solid and flexible enough to absorb all the uh, unforeseen risk on the market where you cannot predict everything <laughs> in the market. That's why ideal cases we should have based on the current situation and based on the history of MIME as well. If I know that Ahmed Khalid as an SNOB officer the tolerance level or the bias or the delivery of Ahmed Khalid for the last three, four months, or even one year, 12 months, he's around five to 2% deviation versus the SNOB. Then I have the confidence that Ahmed will deliver this number and will be enough to be stretched. But if Ahmed Khalid in one month over delivering massively, under delivering massively, we don't have the consistency here. The financial forecast need to step in and play a bigger role to ensure the consistent consistency in the business and drive the right stretch for the business to deliver the targets. Yeah, I think you, you you have put it in 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 a very simple way, Redo. Uh, if you allow me, I'll add something in that point because it came as a struggle, and I understand why Umaima is asking this question. And I think there are two factors here, are and especially the leadership should look at it, especially in B two B business. And when you manage these challenges with your distributor, so manage it as distributor is your business. Because I keep saying that some companies in B2B, they're at, at the end of the day, their P&L and their income statement, it's because of the primary sales. You have a primary sales and you have a secondary sales. Uh, just pushing uh, a primary sales uh, and you are just degrowing on uh, a secondary sales, this will put you in a very restricted or a very challenging position because you will, you will have some overstocks i would say because you're uh, always um shipment your shipment is always over and above the norms the agreed stocks whether you're you're uh, working with your distributor as a replenishment or whether you are working with an order cycle so all of this should be taken into consideration the inventory and your shipment look at it from that that point because also the distributor has inventory 
And looking into just that one side from the equation, which is the primary, and don't look into the secondary sales, even the territory sales from the, the retail side will put you in a very, very, very restricted and very challenging position. And that's why it comes at the end of the day, the leadership uh, position when it comes to decisions like that. And I understand this because you are shipping and you are selling on SQ level. Sometimes when you want uh, on, on just a, a channel level, on a category level, on segmentation level, you need to grow this segment on a specific level. But looking at it at lump sum, I need to uh, overship uh, because over, over the over the stocks uh, that I have, this will put you in a very restricted uh, position in next year or the next period. So looking at it, this is the equilibrium between your shipment and at the same time, your inventory. This is very essential one. Yeah. So today we're going to cover only the income statement. <laughs> your question. I, yeah, I, we have another uh, question. So I will jump into this question from Ahmad Al-Hamamsi, my co-host. Ahmad Al-Hamamsi is saying that why companies uh, focus on hitting a certain percentage of uh, EB. TDA, yes. And what's the difference between uh, this and the bottom line? With uh, which level should I focus on more in S and OP? I think if you go back, go, fabulous question, Ahmed. I fully agree with what you're saying. Uh, if you go back to the to, to the slide, uh, Ahmed, so we can answer sure. the question here. So, uh, Ahmed, I'll ask you to park your question for a few seconds. I'll just finish the last part of the. Of the of the income statement and then i'll make sure to answer your question in in details now we reach the fabulous number which is gross profit for example and based on that we have the gross margin percentage which is the percentage of the gross profit out of the sales revenue out of that if you're planning for any advertising or any digital investment especially with this today world uh, in COVID area where everyone's spending more time on a screen that's that's very important you have and back to uh, my questions about the people cost. Now we have other general and, and administrative expense, which is, for example, other people cost that they are not directly interacting with the product within the factory premises, for example, or they don't have a direct impact on the product cost on the factory. So somehow we have the HR people, we have the finance people, uh, uh, we have uh, management people, all of this, we have the office expense, uh, laptops, uh, uh, whatever, whatever is related to the total cost uh, uh, as an overall business, we have it under this this line, and this line is extremely important because mm. who's driving the PNL at the end? People under these two lines. Mm. Again, it's all about the people and the business. So people is not just a number, but they are the passionate people driving the business, and that's why this line is extremely important to see the the, the right level of, of of operating income. Now, we moved from one good news, which is gross profit. Now we have another better news called operating income. And we call it operating because still not as a net income. And for the first time ever, we have the word income on the income statement uh, after removing all of this cost. So once mm. we have the operating income, and that's where Ahmed, your question. Actually, we have the interest expense where a certain cost that need to be paid as an interest. And then you have the income before income tax. And that's mainly your question is lying on because at the end, whatever you have, uh, tax authority within your country, um, you need to subject for tax for the company, and that line will be under income tax expense. So whatever companies is focusing on EDT, DDA, it's very important because of their public uh, sharing of their income statement and how much they are driving as a uh, income before uh, income tax and the percentage of that income before tax from the sales revenue, which is extremely important percentage as well. So that's that's a fabulous another uh, important KPI for any business to grow. If all if after all uh, deducting the cost of advertising and people cost and interest expense, and now you have the income before income tax, you have a great percentage, whether low or high, compared to your geographic country, uh, continent, wherever you are in the planet. And you have a decent percentage compared to your business as an income before income tax out of sales revenue that can ensure that you have sustainable business for the future. So if I'm an investor, for example, Ahmed, and I want to make sure that I'm investing on in the right company that will grow and survive in such a storm that we're having now. 
So if I if I want to make sure that this company will grow, I need to look at two percentage mainly to make sure that we have a decent gross margin percentage, which is the gross profit out of sales revenue. That give me a good, good indication. And another indication related to the income uh, before income tax, because we have the people cost, we have the advertising cost, which is very important element need to be accounted for. And that's why we have a clear focus in these two percentage in the, in the PNL. Now, and the SN will be back to your question. Whether we discuss, definitely we have to discuss the full PNL, the full income statement, mm -hmm. as a discussion of the income uh, SNOP. So we cannot only have a discussion of SNOP till the gross margin percentage because we have the rest of costs. Remember, I said gross profit is just a gross profit. We still didn't reach the word income. The minute mm -hmm. we receive the net income and the percentage of the net income out of sales revenue, this is where we have the real money at the end. Yeah. I think we have another question, Rida. Let's take this question and come back. We have our friend Judith. She is asking, these COVID times for surely provided some truly uh, unpredictable for many companies. Your experience, Ahmed and Mahmoud. Yeah, I think, I think uh, COVID was a learning for everyone. This is something that we have never, ever experienced before. And we're all learning together on that. That's, that's the first message. The second message, which is very important, if you notice at the beginning of the COVID, cash was the big concern for all companies to make sure that uh, cash is the king. You know, this is very important. And exactly. that's why I need to have a chance to cover the PNL, where we have the cash element in that. So I think the, the learning from that, that to ensure that you have enough cash as a company, um, because even I got a lot of questions from my friends, they have their own company, especially small and medium enterprises, Ahmed especially within COVID, they have fixed costs like rent, salaries within their organization, and they don't have enough sales. And even when they sell, they sell in credit and they have dues that need to be paid now. Exactly. And that's where you have a failed company. So having enough uh, cash, especially with COVID situation, that's very important where we can later on cover through the working capital uh, uh, in another session. So that's one uh, learning we learned. The second point, which is simply the flexibility was changing with the consumer behavior and the, the supply chain respond and the finance respond to that in the market. This is very important, especially during COVID, because you have a new, a new environment, a new consumer with a different shopping behavior in the market. If you don't have the right response with the right product in the market, you will not be able to fulfill and grow and generate cash as well for your fixed cost. So it's a, Simply, if you, uh, there is a say where if you have uh, a hammer, everything will look like a nail, and this is very important. You cannot continue the way you're running the business before COVID, after COVID, and you can see the the booming of the online and e-commerce everywhere. So now people started to speak the contactless delivery, for example, everywhere. So if you don't have the right fit portfolio and product and service for the era after COVID, you don't have a seat on the plan. So that's that's very important to to make sure that you have this uh, uh, skill. The last point uh, on the predictability, which is simply the best of your estimate. So, you know, this is the basic stuff. For example, you go for a forecast based on run rate. You see the trend for the last three, four years. You have the seasonality impact. Ahmed is an expert on that to explain more. But within COVID, you don't have, you don't have run rate and history <laughs> because you have a different consumer. It's like yes, vaccination. Behavior. Within vaccination, you don't have a, a, a real data for the vaccination where I encourage everyone to go and take. But at the same time, this is something new for us and same for business applied like the vaccination. Yeah, I like what you said. Uh, you put three points, which is I think that you covered the whole point. Uh, from my perspective, I would take it from the downstream till the upstream and I speak a little bit about the supply chain. So when uh, just COVID-19 happened, it's an indication that supply chain is vulnerable and it will be always vulnerable. So the, the good thing that the, the companies or the organizations or the supply chain that they survive in that moment, that the, the companies or the supply chain that they're working closely with their customers, even not customers, their consumers. Because when the COVID-19 attacks, some companies and some supply chains that they got paralyzed they don't understand how it will look like how how can we hold this inventory how we will be able to take this sourcing all of these challenges happened and they they keep their uh, focus on the problem 
not how to solve it. And what I'm saying here, some of the challenges here, if you want to solve that, because it's uncertain, you have to be always close to your customer and close to your consumer. Not looking, if I'm talking about B2B a business, not looking only to the secondary sales, even look into the tertiary sales and go to the consumer, understand what's happening, because this will have like a bullwhip effect in the whole supply chain, so you can be ready. This is number one. Number two, I think also part from that is supply chain is vulnerable. This COVID-19 has put a big pressure and just open eye, eye opener for some companies that they have to localize. They have to localize their uh, chains because uh, once the the congestion happened and the challenges that we have in port and custom clearance and even suppliers, they got blocked. Uh, and imagine with me that a company that has uh, imported uh, materials or imported uh, finished goods, like 50% or 60% from their portfolio is, is uh, finished good imported or imported materials. What will happen if those materials got blocked the whole business will stop am i right that's why i will come back again Narida, for this point i think some companies right now they understand that they can somehow they take some something from their margin and invest in their supplier development to localize and ignore a little bit from their margins just to ensure that the, the business continuity is there this is just a, a view from my point yeah i have one point because I have this because I used to partner supply chain partner, <laughs> which is an amazing journey. You know, a marketeer wants to build the fabulous campaign. Supply chain wants to <laughs> build an empire of machines. Okay. Finance speak only the do something and do nothing scenario mm -hmm. because they don't want to generalize the option of local manufacturing, the one that you mentioned. Mm. In whatever situation, Ahmed, we need to have do something scenario. Back to Haddad question about the PNL. Let's have a PNL of the current situation and the decision that you will evaluating, and then the number will speak itself. You don't. It will be like the sun in the sky. You can see exactly the decision that you're taking out, what impact you can have on the business. So that's why, <laughs> as a finance person, as a finance major, I speak only the numbers where we have the PNL speaks the difference. Now, I think that's that's my comment on 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 whatever decision <laughs> we take. And whatever we do uh, at, the, as a, at the decision in the market, and I just want to don't speak only the the big companies' uh, uh, language. Even if you have a small business, Ahmed, or a service, whatever you have a deal proposed that to supply a service, you need to do the PNL yourself. What exactly the mm -hmm. the volume or the service that you're gonna sell at what price and what's the margin you're gonna generate out of that? If there's any other cost, put it on the right bucket. Don't calculate for your own business as if this is the total revenue I'm getting from that deal. And this yeah. is the cost attached to it, and that's the net income at the end. You will never understand what happened if you have it in the right bucket in exactly. the BNL. That's very important for you. Exactly. Thank you, Rida. Let's let's. Uh, there is another question from Mai. So she's asking, do you agree that in case the year to go seems uh, at risk, we would agree with the team to influence the demand at a cost by adding ATL PTL? Yeah. Ed. So, so I think my that's that's a pure uh, <laughs> tactic question. So my answer to that it depends, okay? Because if you have if you have a certain strategy, because uh, ETL is above the line, BTL is below the line when it comes to advertising or promoting in the market. So based on that, if you have an ETL and BTL, does it fit with the brand strategy? Does it fit with what exactly you intended to develop this product in the market? So if the product is meant to have an ETL and BTL, you have to invest because this is the mission and strategy of the product. And automatically, Mayan, that's the beauty of the financials. That's the beauty of the financials that you're going to invest where a product generate enough revenue or gross margin to finance the ETL and BTL. That's, that's the tricky part. And at the same time, it's not, it's okay to have a product that doesn't require an ETL mm -hmm. and BTL, but the role of that product within your portfolio is to generate cash, for example. It doesn't have to generate anything else except cash because every, every product in your portfolio has to play a role. Yeah, and, and I think also this is uh, my uh, the role of S&OP and how you feed your 
unconstrained demand versus your constrained demand, which I, I would assume it's somehow uh, or someone just inside the S&P in week one, between week one and week two, where you will be able to answer what is the constraint that you have. The game here is how you will feed this to your S&OP cycle and how you will communicate this to the business. And if you have a big gap, I'm assuming that you're talking about year to go is at risk how you will be able to have a trade off and put this trade off in your forecast. Because if you don't put this uh, trade off in your forecast and you keep it blind, you will have double hit one from the existing scenario that you have already risk and the other one on the long term. If you don't put the right forecast, you will have another shortage which will be seem it, it seems that it will be another shortage in the long term if you don't put it. So I believe that it's a pure, pure, pure S and OP uh, uh, communication and influence and demand. This is what I want to say. Yeah, coming back Reda, to our PNL and I think guys, just one question I will ask uh, the audience. I think we need to have another session. Who wants to have another session about PI, the, the balance sheet? Because we are running out of the time and it was very, very engaging uh, one. Please write yes in the comment if you want to have another session about the balance sheet and the cash flow with Mahmoud Reda. I will come back to the PNL Reda if you want us to yeah, continue. The last piece of information here that while I look like I'm fascinated of the PNL, but PNL has a lot of weakness points and that's that's the beauty of the financial statement that they are supporting integrating with each other that's that's very important the company cannot survive with all the statements so let me ask this question ahmed what are the missing parts on the pnl because the big the pnl or the income statement has a lot of weakness point uh, for example uh, let's let's ask this question do you think was all of this information about the income statement and the beauty about it you can see all the cost breakdown mm -hmm. what are the weakness points that you can see here for example, um, if you say that in the PNL we don't have cash, you don't see the cash transaction here, which is very important. So, for example, this is volume sold, and we're assuming the the the, the recording of the revenue is as per the the guidance for the finance. I agree, but the cash generation uh, out of this mm -hmm. sale is not there anywhere. That's that's a very important point that we need to cover uh, in other in other statements. Uh, yeah. The the other part as well is. A big part of it is mainly maybe related to a judgmental call because you can expect some unforeseen risks that you need to account for that hit your PNL. So there is a big element related to the uh, uh, accounting for the unforeseen risk within the PNL. That's that's another point. The the third point, which is the phasing as well. If you look at the PNL on the season, you will see a deceived PNL. Uh, or if you look at the PNL on the off season, it is a deceived PNL. So you need to make sure that you have the right comparison. Or the right uh, right uh, period for the PNL, so you can judge the business correctly on uh, on that. Uh, many many other points, to be honest with you. But for the time being, that's that's the main highlight of the of the PNL, um, which is mainly the sales and as well sales return. And sales return can be unforeseen risk. For example, you have an unforeseen yeah. sales return from the market that you never expect. You don't know that for that. It's just a surprise. So that's why. Uh, someone said in the comment, "Cash is the king, and we need to have the ca the cash cash flow statement and and the balance sheet." But that's that's a beauty of understanding the strengths of each statement. So if you understand the strengths of each statement and the weakness point, you can ask the right question, and you will get the right answer, and you will speak the language of the SNOB. Imagine if you don't understand this, you will never be able to speak the language uh, in the business. Yeah, Reda, I think that we have three things to be done in the coming five minutes. One, uh, I think that uh, we have a vote now from Hisham Zaki. He's saying agree, yes, to have another uh, session. And uh, we have our friend Muhammad Shadi. Yes, we have our friend Mitchell. Yes, we have Mahmoud Badr. Yes, we have uh, Mahmoud Ghiz. He's saying yes. Bas uh, Basim. Basim is saying yes. Ashraf Gouda is saying yes. Umayma is saying yes. And May is saying yes. And just Judith also, she's saying indeed. And uh, our friend Hina, she's saying yes. So I think that we have to schedule another meeting for the balance sheet and for the cash flow. Uh, the second one that I want to say, I think that our friend Mitchell is saying something. 
is saying, uh, but the thing is Khaled and Reda because each uh, cash is uh, king and COVID-19 was such a disruption to cash flow. Most companies have gone into profit protections. With that mind, uh, structure in organization have some uh, have come under pressure to cut costs and unfortunately supports. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I think just from my point of view, when it comes uh, to that situation, uh, it's all about how you can collect the cash, and especially the overdues. Some sometimes uh, payment on time. It, it's not on people or just the companies. They are not looking into it. But I think payment on time at this point, uh, in, in especially in COVID nineteen, was the core focus to ensure that the business continuity is there, and also from the other side. If you want to put your also uh, view, Reda, about this point. I, I, I just want to comment, uh, Michel, on that on that comment. Uh, forget companies, Michel. If you have your own business, your own business, and you have uh, inflation and in utility bills, for example, let's assume that you're running the business in a country there, there is a removal of the subsidy of the electricity, for example. And at the same time, you have many competitors that competing on the market with same product quality uh, with a lower price at the end. So the golden rule here that you have to examine all your expense and make sure that you're investing behind the right bucket behind the winning battle, especially at this time. Mm -hmm. There is nothing called nice to have. So this is not a narrow minding. But at the same time, and I, I love that because whenever we have a financial situation or business crit or criticality in the business, you, you should consult the book what the book is saying, but you need to think disruptive because disruptive mm -hmm. situation will require disruptive thinking at the same time. You cannot act with the traditional way. Remember uh, the, the comment uh, to Judith about the before COVID and after COVID, which is very important. So so that's that's my only takeaway on that. And that's why we're saying that cash is important, but at the same time, there is business to manage. Uh, and I said mm -hmm. that, when, and I hope you got my point. Income statement is very important. Cash flow statement is very important. Balance sheet is very important, but each statement play a different role to add that to the total company strategy. And that's why I said, don't judge the business only from the from the BNL. We have a lot of weakness points. At the same time, I agree with you. We cannot judge the business only from the cash balance in the bank. I, I fully understand that. But you have to link all the dots together to make sure that you have a winning formula in the market. Yeah. The third point, Rido, uh, and this is the last point. I need to uh, thank you for your amazing and insightful uh, information. And I believe that you can understand this from the engagement that we have today. And guaranteed, I think, and it's by force, no, no, just option <laughs> that we have, we have to have another session to speak about the balance sheet and the cash flow, and maybe in, in, in the, the December or something, something like that. And coming back to this point, because I believe 7% financials, it's, it's essential for anybody in the business, whether operationally or tactical level or even at a strategic level. So understanding these financials will allow people to accelerate their business and even accelerate their uh, future in their company. So again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have another session about that. Thank you. Thank you, Ahmed. And I would like to thank everyone around the call uh, in that live. It was really a pleasure being with you. And I am I am extremely excited to see uh, people from different backgrounds asking about financials, understanding financials. I hope I deliver the message. And I just need you to know that this is part of my purpose in life, which is giving back, whether sharing the knowledge, because even I said that a few days back that I would love if someone told me all of this knowledge 10 years ago. So I've learned it the hard way, which is for a wrong, for, for the right reason. This is how you shape how this is how you shaped as you speak now. So I, I argue everyone, whatever information you received on that live, please make sure to spread the word, share the knowledge, add everyone if they have any uh, lack on terms of financials or understanding the income statement. Google, uh, this is very important. If you Google now, PNR for dummies, that will be a fabulous short, fabulous explanation. If you have in YouTube and all, all other platform on, on the internet, you can get that fabulous information even better, better than what I said now. I, I can promise you, you're going to find us so exciting information about that. Important to do that. Um, yeah. And I wish you all the best. And thank you so much, Ahmed. It's really a pleasure yeah. being with you. 
it's a pleasure the same here Reda and uh, just adding up to what you're saying I think don't guys I'm telling you don't just Google you have already a movable Google which is Mahmoud Reda connect with him <laughs> on, on on LinkedIn I'm, I'm, I'm talking seriously connect with him on LinkedIn ask him whatever questions that you have into your mind because I had the same he ignited many things uh, just to, to trigger many things inside me about understanding the financials so please feel free to connect with him. He's very generous and very knowledgeable and it will help you to achieve whatever you want. Thank you guys and have a great day. And again, we'll have another episode, inshallah, in December. Bill, Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.